Hidden Headlines. I'm Brian Sussman. The good news, the God news, news for the soul. No one else talks about these stories except us on Hidden Headlines. For the last week of October, first couple of days of November, thanks for joining me. Let's get right to it. The big story that impacted this week's news has to do with last weekend, and that was the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. The crazy guy walks into the synagogue on the Sabbath and begins shooting him up, kills 11 people. A gunfight with police ensues. Several of the police officers are wounded. The gunman, the bad guy, wounded as well. So now let's pick it up from there. This is a really good man, the Tree of Life rabbi, Jeffrey Myers. So he was making the rounds on television following this terrible, terrible thing, this catastrophe. And now he's on CNN with host Allison Camerata. And she's pressing Myers about whether the shooter chose to attack because of some outside influence. Now, knowing CNN as I do, I believe what she was trying to do in some way, shape, or form was for him to assign blame perhaps on a certain political figure. But he wouldn't go there. He would not go there at all. Listen to the exchange. Again, this is from CNN. Do you blame anyone for what happened there at the Tree of Life beyond the gunman? I don't really foist blame upon any person. Um, Hate does not know religion, race, creed, political party. It's not a political issue in any way, shape, or form. Um, Hate does not know any of those things. It exists in all people. But can hate be cultivated? Can I mean, what we're struggling with today is maybe hate's in all people, maybe it's dormant. What lights the match of hate? I think you're raising one of those great questions that people far smarter than I can answer. Uh, but I, I do recall this. Um, um, if we look in the Bible after the, the story of the flood and Noah, um, God regretfully says to Noah, um, I have learned that man from his youth is prone to evil, which is, you would think, a horrific thing for God to tell us. Um, The message I get from that is, yes, there is the possibility of hate in all people, but there's also the possibility of good. And good will always win out over hate if we let it in each of us. So that's Rabbi Jeffrey Myers on CNN. What I really appreciated about the rabbi was taking us back to the first book in the Torah, the book of Genesis, and he's referring to the eighth chapter. So just to kind of put this into perspective, you have Noah, he's the last man standing, the last family standing after God judges the world for becoming so sinful since the days of Adam and Eve. When Noah opened up the hatch of the ark and looked about, it was awful. I mean, have you ever seen what it looks like after a flood? We just had those terrible floods, for example, in the southeastern United States following the hurricanes. The the destruction that Noah had to witness was just unimaginable. He was witnessing carcasses of animals and, and bodies of human beings that had died in the flood. So... Finally, upon making land, he offers a sacrifice to the Lord. The Lord is pleased with the sacrifice. But then the Lord goes on to share that, one, he will never 
judge the earth again with a flood. And he explains to Noah that every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. So that's where the rabbi was going with that. That's, and I really, really do appreciate the rabbi in this particular case. Um, he says, I don't fo- voice blame upon any person. Now, let me take you a little bit further because we're going to talk about forgiveness in Hidden Headlines today. Get a load of this. The people that attended to Robert Bowers, the shooter, the first people to attend to him at Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh were Jewish people. Three Jewish doctors and a nurse. So this is just a wild part of the story that illustrates the fact that love is greater than hate. Love is greater than the hate. Uh, For example, I'm reading here from the president of Allegheny General Hospital. This is a Jeffrey Cohen. He said he was taken to my hospital and he is shouting, I want to kill all the Jews. Now, Jeffrey Cohen, obviously Jewish. So he's telling ABC News. The first three people who took care of him, the shooter, were Jewish. Another nurse whose father is a rabbi also took care of this man. So Cohen commends his doctors and nurses and staff for stepping up. Quote, we are here to take care of sick people. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to ask, do you have an insurance plan? Do you not have insurance? We're just here to take care of people who need our help. So Cohen actually says he went to Bowers after Bowers had been cared for, initially after uh, the shootout with the police. And he had a brief conversation with him. Quote, when I stopped in, I asked him how he was doing. Was he in pain? And he said, no, I'm fine. Cohen says Bowers then asked him who he was. And Cohen said, I'm Dr. Cohen, president of the hospital. And then I turned around and left. So, folks, it's amazing. The power of forgiveness. We're going to have, for those of you who are are tuning into Hidden Headlines, thank you so much. But we're also going to, I have an ongoing series at briansussman.com, of course, called Another Chance. Uh, just stories of people who have been given incredible second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, another chance from God. The story that's going to be coming up soon is a story about a friend of mine named Sam. Sam was convicted of second-degree murder when he was 17 years old. He paid his time in a California prison. Since then, he's gone on, and he is, he's, he's, he's been a pastor. He's a speaker. He goes into the prisons and evangelizes. Uh, but he also holds a prominent position with one of the uh, evangelical denominations in in the world. Um, he, this is a guy who understands forgiveness like nobody else because, listen to this, the victim's family finally ended up forgiving him. They forgave him of the crime which entailed the killing of their dad, as the, as the daughter would say, or uh, the husband, as the wife would say. It's an incredible story of forgiveness. We're going to be talking about that on an another chance coming up very, very soon. But again, if you look at some of the headlines at briansussman.com on the blog, this week CBN's been carrying a timely article on forgiveness by Kathy Atherton. I've linked it at briansussman.com on the blog, and it talks about forgiveness. And she writes, we all appreciate being forgiven, but forgiving others, especially when they've wounded us, feels like a different thing altogether. Emotions get involved. We decide they need to suffer and hurt for the cause of, of, of what, what has occurred. And we delay offering forgiveness, sometimes for years, decades, or forever. And we want to get even instead of forgiving. 
Don't we all know this so well? Sometimes when we've been wronged by an individual, it feels good to hate that person. It feels good not to forgive them. It feels good to continue judging them. But you know, the thing that we have to try to get past, and we'll talk about this in the Another Chance podcast a few weeks from now, when I interview my friend Sam. Uh, you know, when you hold on to that unforgiveness, the, the person that you hate, the person that committed this wrong against you, they're going about their life. They, they don't know the difference, right? They don't know. They can, they're not thinking about you 24-7, but you're thinking about them. That's why at some point in time you have to give it up because it's eating you up. Anyway, it's a great story at briansussman.com. I hope you'll read it. Another story at briansussman.com and the blog part of Hidden Headlines. The Pittsburgh City Council, as long as we're talking about Pittsburgh, PA, and the absolute love we saw from many in the Jewish community, all nine members of the Pittsburgh City Council signed a letter of opposition involving Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is going to be sponsoring a children's marathon that occurs every year in Pittsburgh. It's called the Kids Marathon. It's going to be held in May. It's a one-mile run that's held in conjunction with the Kids of Steel effort, which I'm looking at the website, encourages physical activity and nutrition designed to motivate children to pursue quality nutrition and an active lifestyle but incorporate by incorporating exercise and healthy eating habits into their daily routine. Okay, that's fine. Chick-fil-A is the corporate sponsor. What's wrong with that? Oh, Chick-fil-A. They're owned by Christians. And they hold to Christian values. I see. No, that's the problem. That's the problem. So there's a letter from the leadership of the LGBTQIA community. Now, I know what LGBT and Q mean. I don't know what I and A stands for. But the letter argues that the leadership of Chick-fil-A has openly and passionately promulgated hateful beliefs against the LGBTQIA and community and that it's financed organizations that oppose same-sex marriage and homosexual behavior in general. That's what this is all about. And the Pittsburgh City Council has turned their back on a sponsor who simply wants to promote exercise and nutrition for kids. It's an, uh, all the, you know, what it wants me, what it makes me want to do is go out and get a Chick-fil-A. That's absolutely insanity. That's insanity. They're trying to do something great for the entire community. Folks, it's just another reason to pray. Another reason to pray for the owners of Chick-fil-A who treat their employees incredibly well. No matter what your background, you're going to get treated very well. And they produce tasty food that can be enjoyed by any persuasion. Well, now we go from that to this. International Christian Concern has learned that men from Darfur, Christian men, have been arrested by officers from the Sudan National Intelligence Office. Sudan National Intelligence in Darfur. You know why? For mingling with the local Muslim community. So there's a reverend there, Kua Shamal, confirming the arrests were done at the Nyala Market, very popular market in Darfur, while the young men were interacting with Islam adherents, building rapport for witnessing. So uh, Darfur, Sudan, predominantly Muslim, war-torn region. If any region needs the love of Messiah, that is the region that needs it. My gosh. So God bless these guys. Now, we need to pray for them. They've been arrested. I don't know what their fate uh, is said to be at this point in time. 
But according to the reverend, some of the arrested men are disciples that he baptized in 2015 when they left Islam and converted to Christianity. So again, point of prayer. You can read all about it, briansussman.com on the blog. We continue with hidden headlines. We go from that to this. The founder of a satanic church. Folks, there really are satanic churches. Back in the 80s, I did a documentary called um, America's Best Kept Secret. It was a very popular documentary. It was actually used as a training video by the FBI for a period of time. It's out of circulation. You can't find it. If you can find it, let me know. I'd love to get another copy. Um, But uh, the satanic church was alive and well then. It's, It's coming out of the box now. I mean, it's popping up like Jack in the Box, and and they're out there, and, and people are joining. People are starved for spiritual truth, and I'll tell you something. The satanic church has tapped into a power that comes from the devil. It's not the truth. It's a lie, but there is power there. It's demonic power. Anyway, Jacob McKelvey, formerly known as Jacob No, N-O, No, was instrumental in bringing together a group of Luciferians to form a Luciferian church. However, you can read all about it, briansussman.com. McGelvey and his wife renounced their ties to the Luciferian church that they started because they, be- because they became born-again Christians. We were once covered in darkness and bound to each other in, Luciferi- in a Luciferian covenant, he said, as he was speaking before the Spring First Church in Houston. We were mired in the shadows of the adversarial influence and knew no love outside of each other. Today, I rebuke, denounce, and break the satanic covenant by the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood, friends. Power in the blood. Uh, which leads us ni- neatly to another story. Uh, again, it's up at briansussman.com. This is um, involving new. the New Age movement has also tapped into the dark side. Um, it may not be satanic in name, but they tap into a lot of satanic forces. And without question, it's a growing, New Age beliefs are, are growing in popularity. And sadly, according to the Pew Research Center, uh, these beliefs have crept into the Christian church as well. Astrology, psychics, reincarnation, spiritual energy in trees or mountains. So the Pew Research Center said uh, found that 62% of Americans hold these new age beliefs. 78% of those who held at least one new age belief say they did not affiliate with any particular religion. But listen to this, the survey also found that those who identify as Christian were more likely than atheists and agnostics to hold at least one new age core tenet. So the atheists and agnostics are holding true to their their beliefs, the Christians, yeah, yeah, well, you know, So it's amazing that we have Christian people, let's see here, of the Christians, 67% of mainline Protestants, 47% of evangelicals, 70% of Catholics said they held a new age belief. Again, reincarnation, astrology, uh, psychic power, presence of spiritual energy in trees or mountains. So my thought is that for the Christian or Jewish Messiah follower who places even a sliver of faith in these New Age pillars, I would highly recommend a spiritual reset, beginning with repentance, prayer, and then entering into a serious discipleship program 
so that as we read in John 8, 31, 32, this is Jesus talking, okay? This is, this is where we need to go. If you're, if you're delving into these things, if you believe this to be true, yeah, oh yeah, psychics, reincarnation. I mean, reincarnation is it's the antithetical belief of the Bible. God appointed a man and woman once to die, and then the resurrection. That's it. You get one shot. You get one shot in life. He'll give you many chances along the way, but you only get one shot at life. But listen to what Jesus says here. Yeshua says in John chapter 8, To the Jews who had believed in him, Yeshua said, If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Finally, story on the blog about actor Mark Wahlberg. Well, I like this guy in all the films I've ever seen him in. He'd rather go to church on a Saturday night than see a Broadway show. He starts each and every day by reflecting on his faith. Well, think about this. The guy, when he was 16, um, he was charged with murder. I don't know how many people believe that. Attempted murder when he was 16. Attempted murder. Uh, he pleaded guilty to assault, was sentenced to two years in prison, ultimately only served 45 days, but he has a permanent felony record to this day. Quote, when I heard the jail doors close behind me, I knew that was just the beginning for me. It was the beginning of a life of crime or the beginning of a fresh start. See, God gave him another chance and he took it. He took it. So kudos to Mark Wahlberg. I don't know specifically where he is in his faith journey, but I pray that he has surrendered to the lordship of Yeshua HaMashiach. That would be Jesus the Christ. And that is Hidden Headlines. For the last week of October, the first couple of days of November. Thanks for your support. Make sure you share this podcast with others. Okay, we're just getting rolling, and I'm anticipating this to become a very, very popular feature on the internet. Again, thanks for your support. BrianSussman.com for all your hidden headlines.